Line Podcast. This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. I'm Jimmy Fedizzi alongside New Villa Piano. We hope you are doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We really do appreciate it. You already know what it is. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX and on Twitter at the MVP Show. Hashtag Bottom Line. Leave a voice message, voice message on the Anchor app or at Anchor.fm. And if you like what you're seeing on YouTube, drop a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously, and please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode. And subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Neil, my friend, we've got quite a bit to break down Mm. in today's episode. Today is going to be an NHL trade deadline preview as the trade deadline is looming just a bit closer. It is this upcoming Monday, April 12th, 2021 a day before my birthday, I might add. So just a little yes. tidbit right there. So just saying, but no, <laughs> not that's important or anything, but I digress. Uh, but before we actually get into some uh, trade deadline talk, I know we haven't done this in a while, Neil, but I actually do have a trivia question for you. I know okay. it's, uh, it's been a while since we've done our trivia segment here on this podcast. So I figured why not bring it back and see where it goes. So I actually do have one for you if you are up to the challenge today. Sure, go ahead. All right. And it actually is involving a specific trade here since it is Mm. the theme of the trade deadline. Mm. So let's go back to the year 1993, where some guy by the name of Chris Draper was traded to the Detroit Red Wings for what? Mm. Well, that's very... um... Very blase, not much information with that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I am a big hockey person and I know a lot, but this might be something I don't actually know. Okay, let me see. Um, <clears throat> well, first of all, I don't know what team he was on prior to Detroit. I want to say St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Oh, could you at least tell me the team? Could you the original team. The original team that Chris Draper was on was the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets. Mm. That much I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was in 93, okay. Yep, 93. Well, I mean, I feel like that there's some significance to this. Otherwise, you wouldn't bring it up. Otherwise, this wouldn't be the trivia question. No, there's a a big – there's a bit of a significance to this. Yeah, yeah, I figured. (laughs) Um, I'm going to take a guess. And say okay. that they got probably some form of a draft pick, and okay. it ended up becoming Temu Solani. That is incorrect, but I'll tell you what. Mm. I'll give you one more guess, oh, and great. I, will, I will give you a hint. Right. It wasn't for a player. So it, was for, so it was for a draft pick then, basically. I ain't saying Oh, uh, well, is this one of those like stupid things where it's like a Kyle Korver thing where he's traded for a printer? Is that is that like what this is? Because I swear to God, if that's what it is, I'm I'm not. I'm yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so but it, wasn't it, for it, wasn't, a it wasn't for a player. I mean, I technically didn't say it was traded for a player. I said it was traded for a draft pick, but that's OK. okay. Um, I'm going to say something really stupid. 
Uh, I'm just going to say he was traded for like a Zamboni or something. <laughs> Not you even know close. what, though? You know Not what? Close. That, w- that would be a hell of a trade, but that is incorrect. So what is Here's the, answer? the surprising answer. He was actually traded for money. He was traded for a dollar. Now, let me explain. Mm. After playing just 20 NHL games for the Winnipeg Jets in four seasons, Chris Draper was traded to the Detroit Red Wings in 1993 in exchange for $1. The $1 man would quickly become a valuable fixture for Detroit, playing over 1,000 games in in a Red Wing uniform and winning four Stanley Cups. So the $1 man getting it done for Detroit back in the late 90s. So Chris Draper was traded for $1. That's why I said it wasn't for a specific player because you you don't really see – anybody being traded for cash considerations in today's modern day NHL. But back then being traded for a dollar. I mean, that, that just goes to show the Winnipeg Jets saw very little value in this guy, but I guess with the Red Wings, it definitely showed it was worth a lot more than a puck. So well, he did, end up, winning, he did end up winning four Stanley cups. So I guess it all worked out. Exactly, um, and I guess that's why the, the original Winnipeg Jets went broke. Um, yeah, they no, really it's didn't, true. It's true. They really didn't get value for players that they moved away. So there you go. Yeah, no, exactly. But that is the answer. Chris Draper traded for one dollar to the Detroit Red Wings. So with that out of the way, let's get into some trade deadline talk, shall we? So we're going to start. Well, the teams we're going to go over mainly are the Buffalo Sabers the New Jersey Devils, and the New York Rangers. So we're going to actually start with the Buffalo Sabres first because I thought I think this is, this is a very, very interesting team that may move one specific player in particular, and that would happen to be former MVP of the New Jersey Devils, Taylor Hall. Now, in my personal opinion, the Buffalo Sabres have to move this guy because at this point, The man's only got two goals on the season. He's basically letting his career die in Buffalo. I don't know why, out of all teams, he chose to go there when he could have chose to go to a cup-contending team like Colorado. But I digress. But I actually do have some, uh, some notes here. I actually took some notes today. This move, if they decide to move Taylor Hall, would depend on who wants to make a move. But if the Sabres do decide to move on from Taylor Hall, they could get they could get somewhat of a significant return here but it's going to have to be good because he'll be in demand from a team willing to take on a lot of his salary so whoever's calling for Taylor Hall they got to make sure it's for a great deal and a great price but neil the real question is who's going to want to take on Taylor Hall at this point in his career cuz i really don't know at this point well, first of all, I don't think the I don't think the Sabres are going to get anywhere near what they think they're going to get for Taylor Hall. First of all, you have to understand Hall has had arguably his worst, actually, not even arguably, Hall is with with without a doubt has had his worst season of his career. Yep. There was absolutely no question. He has two goals on the season. And one of them was in the first game in the first period of this season. That's how bad Taylor Hall has been. Now you could call, 
You could say it was it's chemistry. You could say it's just a desire. You could say it's the coaching. You could say whatever you want. The bottom line is that Taylor Hall is very responsible for having a piss poor season. And no team in the NHL is going to be willing to give up a boatload of assets for him. Now, if he was playing at an MVP like level, like he played back in 1718, then you could see why somebody would probably have to give up a pretty good amount. But Considering that he's had a bad year and we don't know if this is a one-year thing or if this maybe is the beginning of Taylor Hall not being um, as good as he once was, I think that the best that the Sabres could do is probably get a second-round pick, maybe another pick or two, and a prospect, maybe. Because also, like you mentioned, there's a lot of money that goes into this because Taylor Hall is making about $14 million this year in the one year that he's um, he has this contract. And so it'll, you know, so that's obviously that's something where I think Buffalo would have to take up at least half of his salary, depending on where he goes. There isn't right. that many teams that have not only Stanley cup aspirations, but also have the cap space to do so. Uh, there are, plenty of teams that are not in that realm that have the money that could easily take on that contract for the rest of the year. But we all know that that's just not going to happen. So I think for Buffalo, I think honestly, at this point, you should just get the best offer you can get and just deal with it. Because I think that at this point, there just, there just isn't many options. And as far as who do I think could like wants him, I think you look at a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs who Kyle Dubas has said, Numerous times that like he's trying to upgrade the top six, um, try to get more scoring as if they already need more scoring, but to obviously help with more scoring. Um, I mean, I mean, at, him, him and Austin Matthews together would be quite the pair to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather see it him and Mitch Marner. I'd rather mm, see Matthews yeah, and Marner play, which I mean, they already do. There, yeah. Um, and then you look at a team like the Islanders who, you know, we all know that they're going to end up getting a winger at, at this, at the deadline, whether it's yeah. Kyle Palmieri, um, Taylor Hall, or somebody else that we're not talking about. It, right. It's going to be one of, it's going to be one of those guys because Lou Lemerel has made it publicly clear that they need to find scoring to replace the injured Anders Lee. They need to find it. Um, I don't think Taylor Hall would fit. Uh, the Islander system because they expect they expect um, to not necessarily be this you know wild you know running fast paced offense. They are more of a workman like team. They battle. Um, they play really solid defense. Uh, they play their system to a team, and I just don't think Taylor Hall fits that. Um, you look at Boston. Boston has talked about trying to upgrade its its um, top six. So maybe mm -hmm. Taylor Hall going to Boston wouldn't necessarily be that bad of an idea because I think that he would fit in pretty well with the team, with the veteran team that he has with what they have T to me, Taylor Hall needs to go somewhere where he is not expected to be the savior. He's not expected to be the franchise player. He's expected to be a nice um, complimentary piece to a team that's already trying to compete. Uh, Colorado right. would be fascinating um, considering that Colorado offered Hall this offseason a multi-year contract um, that he turned down for whatever reason, I guess, probably mm -hmm. money. That would be my guess. Uh, but he could still end up in Colorado. And look, that the the Avalanche are clearly one of the top three favorites to win the Stanley Cup this year. They are rolling yes. right now. They are cooking with gas. They are continuing to beat up on teams. And if you add a Taylor Hall, who obviously is not the same player that he once was, but still has some talent and speed, 
you know, to compliment the likes of Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and guys like that, you got yourself a pretty good thing. And again, with all of these teams, most likely Buffalo is going to have to retain some of the salary just because $14 million for one player is a lot to have to take on. So I would expect if somebody's going to make, if somebody's going to end up making a move for Hall, which I mean, he was kept out of last night's game against the Devils for precautionary reasons, which pretty much tells you that he's going to be traded and that probably a deal is on the table at this point. Um, I would expect that the Sabres would have to retain at least $7 million, maybe more, of his contract. Um, yep. And it wouldn't be the first time that a team had to retain Hall's salary to be traded. Um, if you remember in December of 2019, when the Devils traded Taylor Hall to the Arizona Coyotes, the Devils ended up retaining half of his salary for the rest of the season because the Coyotes didn't have the cap space to take on his contract fully. So right. for Taylor Hall, I will say this. I don't think he's actually as good as people say he is. Um, I think 17-18 was the high point of his career. I don't think he's necessarily a leader, um, whether it's on or off the ice. I think he's a guy that needs other guys around him to make him better. Um, and I think that going to a team like Toronto, like Colorado, even like Boston, I think would would be a good spot for him because then he could just have guys like, you know, Mitch Marner, Tavares, Matthews, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Patrice Bergeron, um, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, guys like that, that can set him up and that he can contribute in that way. Um mm. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days, but I don't, I would say to Buffalo Sabres fans, and I'm sure they already realize this by now, don't expect to get a King's ransom for Taylor Hall. Matter mm. of fact, you're probably going to get a lot less than what the Devils got back in 2019 when they traded Hall. Cause at least when the Devils traded Hall, he was playing pretty well and right. he was worth getting, giving up a good amount for and the Devils did get a good, they got a first round pick. They got Nick Merkley. They got Kevin Ball, a young uh, left shot at defenseman who's six foot seven. You know, they they have they got good value for him. Taylor Hall does not have a lot of good value right now. Um, but I think that the Sabres best route would be to just take the best offer on the table and go from there. Yeah, no, you're, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. And a couple of people I've talked to have said, oh, why don't they just get rid of Taylor Hall for a first round pick. I'm not even sure Taylor Hall is even worth a first Taylor round Hall's pick not even at this point in his career. Worth. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Close. I don't know what you people are smoking, but at this point in his career, I'm sorry. He's he's not worth a first round pick. Maybe a draft pick, like maybe I don't know, maybe a third or fourth round pick, but a first round pick? Eh, I I don't think so. You may want to get off your high horse <laughs> on that one. And by the way, speaking of Sabres fans, uh shout outs to uh uh, somebody who I'm subscribed to, uh, Melody, Melody Martin. I know she is a diehard Buffalo Sabres fan, and she's probably watching this right now. I'm curious to get her thoughts on what she would think about the whole Taylor Hall situation. I know she's kind of pissed off at her Sabres right now, but I honestly don't. I honestly, and I feel like I could, you know, get a pretty good ideas to from her videos. I don't think she really cares at this point. I really don't think she cares <laughs> yeah. what the Sabres do. I think it's just at that point. Like, it's just... You know, the Sabres uh, have been, for lack of a better term, embarrassing for the majority of the year. Only recently have they started to play better. Hell, they've gotten points in their last six games, which is, mm. which is pretty impressive. Um, 
That, yeah, in, including that, including wins against <clears throat> both of our teams, I might add, which is an absolute disgrace, but I digress. Well, at least you lost in Buffalo. We lost at home. So, I mean, there is a difference. Anyway, mm. my point true, is, is that, true. look, Buffalo continues to have very a very, very bad idea as to how to run an NHL franchise. Uh, the Pagulas have just – they just don't have good hockey people – there and you have to remember they only have three scouts they don't even have a full scouting department which is True. which is really ridiculous um they run this organization like a joke and they don't even realize how much of a joke they run it as and i think at the end of the day the sabers just want to move on from the unrestricted free agent contracts just try to get some some value for them and just go from there and bring up more young guys because you got nothing to lose at this point. You're, I mean, it's just, you really do have nothing to lose. So, <laughs> but guys, Taylor Hall is not worth a first round pick. And if anybody out there gives, gives the Buffalo Sabres a first round pick, that was an overpayment. Um, oh yeah. I, I think that would be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty ridiculous, but you know, I've seen crazier things happen. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, but no, T- Taylor Hall's not worth a first-round pick. Like I said, maybe a third or fourth rounder, that would be okay. But a first-rounder, no. He's I'm, worth I'm, I'm the second. Sorry. He's well, worth yeah, the second. He's a, worth the sec- second. Like, let's not, to, yeah. let's not get ridiculous here. He is worth at least a second pick and a third pick. I mean, there's okay. no – but he's not worth, you know, high-quality assets, you know, giving up your top prospect and a first-round pick and all that. Yeah, no, maybe you could trade him for heck, maybe a second and a third if somebody's offering that. But hey, second and a third would be fine. Yeah, a second no, and a third, and maybe a mid tier prospect, I think, yeah, would be yeah, sufficient. Exactly. And also, again, probably have to retain half of the salary. Yep, that that is true. But Sabres fans, your team may be terrible right now, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But hang in there. We uh, we're here for you. We're here for you. But before no, we get no, into, we're not. no, we're not. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I mean, do I feel bad for Buffalo? Yes. Um, yeah. But I'm not going to feel bad for having a shitty record against Buffalo um, and having to beat us. I don't. Mm. So, you know, it's. That's, no, that's it's a fair you know. point by you. But anyway, though, let's move on here. Before we actually get into the Devils and the Rangers, there is one more team I want to touch up on real quick here. And that would be the Philadelphia Flyers. I actually have them in my notes here, too. And here's my idea for the Flyers. Get anybody who can play defense. Anybody. Because first of all, look, do the Flyers have issues with goaltending? Yes. There is absolutely no question about it. Carter Hart and Brian Elliott have not been great all season. There is no question about it. But the defense is not helping them one bit. I know there have been talks about moving uh, Shane Gostaspare. I I get that. But look, at this point, if, if you're going to move him, get at least somebody, anybody who can play at least solid to good defense because the Flyers really need a ton of defensive help. And trading a guy like Shane Gossespierre for somebody who can play defense to help their goaltending might be the best option for them right now. I mean, first of all, when the Flyers put Gostaspare on waivers, that was kind of a surprise. I mean, I know he hasn't mm. defensively done the best of job, but he's arguably your best offensive defenseman. I mean, that was kind of a ridiculous thing. And I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a defensive problem. I would say it's a goaltending issue 
with the okay. Flyers. Okay. I think Carter Hart has regressed a lot. I think his confidence is very, very low. And I think that um, the Flyers are in that danger zone of losing Carter Hart completely um, and him not being able to get back to the level that he was playing at before. Um, and so I think they may have to think about trying to find another goaltender, um, you know, not, not, not this year, but certainly right down the road. Um, the problem with the flyers is that they just don't have a lot of luck on their side. And what I mean mm. by that is that they, they've had games where they were clearly competitive. Like they were clearly the better team, but they couldn't score. So it wasn't like they were getting blown out in these games. I mean, when they play, I mean, hell, when they play the, when, when they, when they don't play the Rangers, right, they don't completely get annihilated. But True. It's, it's one of those things where the Flyers are in this do-or-die situation, and they're in that really bad area of, are we going to try to get somebody right now and try to make the playoffs, or are we going to accept that we're probably going to miss out on the playoffs and just try to gain assets i don't think the flyers have anybody that they're interested in necessarily moving maybe goss to spare but at that cap hit four and a half million dollars over the next two seasons i think left right did people are not going to want to give up assets for that i I don't think they want to give up assets for that um so i think i think honestly for the flyers it's just kind of like you know if you can if you can improve your defense great but i don't think they have very many options yeah, I, I mean, mean they, you... they could, they could, they very well could try to go out and get Dennis Savard from Columbus, but again, that would be, they'd have to give up a pretty good amount to get him. Yeah, and which would, which would probably require giving up Gossespierre and a couple of draft picks. Nah, I don't, th- I don't think that Columbus would take on the four and a half. But I think that they would rather get some draft picks and maybe a, a young prospect in their system. Um, I don't, and so I think that the the that might be the best option. But do the are the Flyers a team that necessarily is going to make the playoffs and make a run? No, you know I, I don't know. We we don't know. We don't know. Um, I would like to put money on more likely that they're going to probably end up finishing just out of the top four in the East Division. But mm-hmm. you know things could certainly turn around down the stretch here. We're into the final month of the year, so you know things could very well turn around. But I mean, it's definitely a team to keep your eye on, but I wouldn't expect the Flyers to make any moves really at the deadline. Yeah, no, you you, you make a fair point there. And yeah, like I said, goaltending has been a huge issue for them all season long. There's absolutely no question about that. But in my personal opinion, defense is not helping their cause either. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Flyers. But Neil does make a fair point right there. So now let's touch up on our teams, the Devils and the Rangers. I want to start with the... Rangers first, actually, Neil, because I know Kyle Palmieri is the much bigger story here. So let's start with the Rangers first. This might be a weird type of situation, but this is what I think that the Rangers need to do. They need to trade Brendan Smith. And here's why. Look, Brendan Smith has not really done much at all for the New York Rangers. He hasn't really done much. Look, they're not out of the they're not completely out of the playoff race, surprisingly. <laughs> but look, I still stand by what I said. I still don't think the Rangers are making the playoffs, but hey, maybe they can prove me wrong and continue this sort of little streak that they're on and maybe just sneak into the playoffs. I don't know, but we'll see. 
I still don't think they're making the playoffs, but I digress. But look, the Rangers still need to do some type of fire sale here, okay? They don't need to drastically get rid of anybody. But the best result for them right now is to probably add for the future. And the way you do that is by trading Brendan Smith. And they might he might be their easiest player to move right now, considering the fact that they traded Brendan Lemieux to the Kings recently. And apparently, from what I heard, he actually requested a trade out of the Rangers because he wanted a, a bit of a more significant role, like a bigger role on a team. And he wasn't going to get that yep. with the Rangers. So with the Kings, he'll definitely have a bigger role there. So... Look, I was a bit surprised they got rid of Lemieux because he was a good enforcer, which is what the Rangers have missed. But with that being said, he deserved a bigger role, and I'm glad he's getting that with the Kings. But right now, Brendan Smith might be the easiest player to move. Maybe get maybe get an extra defenseman. Maybe get a little bit of a uh, – maybe you can get another couple of draft picks here and there for Brendan Smith, but he might be the easiest guy to move at this point. The Rangers really don't have to do a fire sale here. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers are in one of those situations where they've been playing well of late. Uh, they've finally been able to find their goal scoring, uh, particularly Mika Zibanejad mm. has really, really been rolling. Um, no, I don't think the Rangers are a playoff team. I think their best bet is to probably move um, move on from their UFAs and just try to get some more assets. I think yep. that they're – honestly, I think next year they're probably a team that's going to make the playoffs. I think that they're at that point. They just that. have to find consistency with goal scoring because their defense is solid. Um, it's certainly been more solid since Jack Johnson uh, is no longer playing. Um, yeah, th not thank you. Yeah. Have you noticed that when Jack Johnson's not on the ice, the Rangers actually want to play defense? Yeah. Just um, saying. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, their goaltending is starting to get there. You know, Shesterkin and Georgiev are both starting to get, get their, get their, uh, get their act together, yep. which is good. But I don't think the Rangers are a playoff team this year. Uh, I expect them to finish probably sixth out of the eight teams. That sounds, that sounds about brief. right, yeah. I mean, they could right. jump the Flyers. I mean, I could see it. I could see them jumping into fifth and being maybe a couple points out. Um, but I think the Rangers, it would make more sense to just get a couple more um, draft picks, maybe a young player if you can do that. I don't think Brendan Smith is going to get you based. I think the best you could get for Brendan Smith is maybe a sixth or seventh round pick. I, I really don't think he's worth it. Yeah all that much um but that's pretty much it other than that i mean you do have an interesting chip in pavel buchnevich who you very well could move um maybe not at the deadline but at Pro probably during the offseason you could yeah i mean i wouldn't even be surprised if they tried to include him in a trade to try to get somebody like jack eichel i wouldn't necessarily mm. throw because butchnevich is a very good player and he's still very young he's like 25 i believe at yeah. this point and, um, still, and still one of my favorite names in the nhl <laughs> he does have a very very likable <laughs> name um so that could be a very interesting situation um but i, I doubt the rangers are going to do anything that drastic um if they were in a worse spot like if they were towards the bottom of the division i could see them making a drastic move like that Right, But they're in a position where I think, honestly, um, management just wants the team to just continue to show progression, compete, try to win some games, and go from there. So I don't think the Rangers – the Rangers, again, just like the Flyers, I don't really see them making any moves. But, again, they could just move on from their UFAs. Who knows? No, yeah, that's that's a, that's a couple of fair points that you make. I mean, again, they don't have to do some type of fire sale considering the, the position they are. They're like – 
three games above 500 at the time of the right. recording. So, look, anything can change with the Rangers. Again, I don't think they're making the playoffs. You don't think they're making the playoffs. So, we'll see what happens. Anything can change with the Rangers. So, now let's get to your New Jersey Devils. A lot of the talk has been around Kyle Palmieri. And honestly, look, I'm not a Devil fan, so Neil, you know a lot more about the Devils than I do, clearly, because you host a podcast on the Devils, Devil State of Mind. And by the way, you should go subscribe to that if you're not subscribed to that already. Tremendous stuff. Um, but look, if I'm being 100% honest with you, at this point, Kyle Palmieri's got to go. I'm sorry. At this point, the Devils have to find a way to trade Kyle Palmieri because at well, this point... Let me well, let me stop you right. Let me stop okay. you right there. First of okay. all, okay. first of all, the Devils are already doing that because he Kyle Palmieri has been a healthy scratch the last two games for precautionary reasons. It's very okay. obvious that he is going to be traded. The reality is simply this: Kyle Palmieri probably doesn't want to be with the Devils anymore, and for a deep for a good reason too. I think that he's tired of the rebuilding. I think he's tired mm. of being a team that eventually is supposed to be good. And doesn't reach its full potential. I think he, at his point in his career, him being 30 years old, he's 29, but he's going to be 30. He wants to go somewhere, at least for the rest of this season, where it gives him a chance. Like a guy like Blake Coleman the year before, where he goes to a place where he has a legitimate shot and maybe wins a cup. And we know that there are a handful of teams out there that want Kyle Palmieri because he's a guy, 25, 30 goal scorer, a guy who can play both in the offensive side as well as the defensive side. He's a very good two-way forward. He's a guy that's going to help out on your top six 100%. And he honestly has more value this year than Taylor Hall, even though oh, Palmieri yeah. has struggled as well this year with only six goals well, on the I, season. I was going to say, they could, probably, they could probably trade away Kyle Palmieri for a first-round pick. Again, or, or, or maybe or maybe an early second rounder. The, you have to understand this, Jimmy. This is a different year than the last several years for the trade deadline for a multitude of reasons. Number one, COVID still exists. And a lot right. of teams have taken a massive financial hit because of this. So they're not going to go around and just give up assets willy-nilly um, for, for, for players at the deadline, they're not going to, unless they really think that this is the guy that's going to take them over the top to win a cup. If they do that, then okay. The other thing is this, we have the expansion draft coming up in a few months. That is something that everybody needs to remind themselves of. Teams are very nervous about making moves for rentals and not having a place for them or having to lose them in the expansion draft mm. because of just how everything goes. That is a thing that makes a lot of people unsure about giving up assets. Another thing is this, especially with Canada, do you remember for a while, the quarantine period to if you went from the United States to Canada or vice versa, it was 14 days. Right. Yeah. Now it's been moved to seven. Right. So if there's a Canadian team out there that wants to make a move at the deadline, like Toronto, they better make a move within the next 24 hours because you would like to get whoever you trade for enough time where he could quarantine and then maybe only miss a game or two right. and then be in the lineup. Like that's what you're hoping for. Um, but with Kyle Palmieri, here's the thing. He probably had more value at last year's deadline in 2020 than he does this year. 
And again, it's just because of he's not been playing 100%. People are not sure what exactly is the situation with that. He did have COVID. Um, I think he's dealing with or had dealt with an injury earlier in the year, and that's why he got off to a slow start. I think the system that Lindy Ruff has just doesn't work for Kyle Palmieri, and I think he's just struggled to build chemistry with, te- with, with some of the players on this team. But he's still a very valuable goal scorer, a very consistent goal scorer, and there are going to be teams. I mean, we already know that most likely the Islanders, Boston, probably Toronto, and probably a couple others that we don't know publicly that I think are going to be um, suitors for Kyle Palmieri. And as I just mentioned, he's been a healthy scratch the last two games for precautionary reasons, which right. again, I've mentioned this before. Once a player is being is being held out of the line for precautionary reasons, that pretty much tells you that he is about to be traded, that probably there is a deal or a couple deals on the table and they're just finalizing everything. A thing to keep in mind is this. Kyle Palmieri has an eight-team no-trade clause, and there is a pretty good rumor that all seven teams in Canada are part of that no-trade clause. So if there's any Canadian team like Toronto that wants him, Palmieri would have to waive his no-trade clause. So I think the chances of it being a Canadian team is very unlikely. I think it's going to be someone like Boston or the Islanders. Um, that will want him. And I think the Devils at this point, they are going to take the best offer. I think that's what it is. And Fitzgerald has made it somewhat public as to what he wants. He wants a second round. He wants at least a second round pick. He wants another pick or two as well and a young player. That's what he wants. And I don't think that's necessarily that unreasonable because you're not giving up massive assets for this guy who Mm. at the moment is just going to be a rental unless you could do something like when Lou Lemorel traded for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, it gave up a first-round pick and gave up a boatload of picks and then signed him to a six-year extension right after trading for him. Right. You're not going to go out and give massive assets. So do the Devils need to trade Kyle Palmieri? At this point, unfortunately, yes, they do because the, the Palmieri's agent and the Devils, they tried for several weeks to work out an extension. And my guess is that the money just wasn't, they weren't agreeing on the money terms. I think that Palmieri's agents wanted more money per year. I think the Devils don't feel as comfortable with that for one reason, that they're cheap. I'm going to call it out like it is. Mm. I think that ownership is cheap. Uh, number two, I think that the Devils don't see Kyle Palmieri necessarily as a long-term guy for this team when it comes to rebuilding. And number three, look, I mean, when, you, when you're when you in a situation where you have teams that are banging on the door to try to get one of your players, it's hard not to want to take a listen and, and see what they have to say. So at this point, we already know that Kyle Palmieri will be traded and he will be traded at any moment at this point. I would right. I would be surprised if he wasn't moved by the end of the weekend. Um, I don't know why they would wait this long to make a deal, but I, I get the I get the point because again, no trade clause um, could is certainly a factor in all this. But at the end of the day, I said it before on the Devil's State of My podcast several times. I am totally okay with trading or keeping Kyle Palmer. Either way is fine with me um, because I get it. It's part of the business. You're trying to get assets. You're trying to continue to be younger. Um, I do wish that they would stop trading away these guys and try to convince them to stay and try to build a team around these guys like Taylor Hall, like Kyle Palmieri. Mm. But, you know, it's just 
it's just part of being a small market team that's just okay with being mediocre. That's just what you get. And I'm just kind of tired of having to talk about the, what, who are the devils going to trade at the deadline. I mean, I don't think Kyle Palmieri is the only one. I think guys like Dimitri Kulikov and Ryan Murray are probably also going to get dealt because I think that the devils will want to bring up some of the younger guys uh, to play a couple games and to go from there. Um, but the devils are definitely going to trade Kyle Palmieri. And I think that they're probably going to end up getting a decent haul, probably the best haul of any player at this deadline. And then, you know, we'll just, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's always the possibility that the Devils could try to re-sign uh, Paul Mary in the off season, but I don't know why they would do that after just trading him. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be interesting what happens to Kyle Paul Mary. Now, speaking of him, I had an interesting tweet here from Stephen Crociata. Sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly, by the way, on Twitter. He says, and this involves the uh, Colorado Avalanche, by the way. Yep. He is an uh, Avs fan. What would you think of the Avs targeting Kyle Palmieri and or Adam Henrique at the trade deadline? Henrique is a fit at third center. He's a plus okay. possession player and wins faceoffs. A deadline yep. that brought the Avs Palmieri, Henrique, and Bernier would be a huge win in my book, hashtag Ooh. go abs go. Look, look, you're not getting both. It's either one or the why other. Why not? Why not? Why, you why you not, think they why? could pull that off and get both of them? I think they could get all three of those guys. Ooh. I think they absolutely could. Because again, okay. look, Kyle okay. Palmieri is making four and a half million dollars. That not that's not necessarily that much. Okay. Right. And again, the Devils could obviously retain some of that salary if they wanted to do that. They could probably retain some of that salary if it means they get even more assets. They'll do that. They will absolutely do that. Adam Henrique, he just got put he got put on waivers, which pretty much eliminated a lot of his salary before. And the again, the Ducks are going to be sellers at the deadline. Like we know this. So again, I could see Colorado doing that. And then you look at Jonathan Bernier. Look at the, like Jonathan Bernier is the one bright spot in a very difficult and very weak Detroit Red Wings team. He is he is playing above five hundred on a team that's near the bottom of the NHL. That's yep. pretty remarkable. And they are lacking in getting, in having a backup goaltender af after Pavel Francois got hurt early in the year. Now the avalanche did make a move to get um, Jonas, um, Jonas Johansson, the goaltender mm -hmm. from Buffalo, right? but he's not there yet. He's not ready to be that solid backup. Getting Jonathan Bernier would be good because he actually is a very solid backup and playing on a team that actually plays very good defensively will just make it that much easier for Bernier to come into. So I think that the Avalanche could do that. All these moves would basically tell you that they are going all in this year, that they are going in to win a cup. Um, again, the Devils are not going to – the thing you have to remember is this. I don't think the Devils are just going to make a move to just make it. I don't think they're just going to take an offer and just be like, all right, cool. They're going to take the best offer they can get mm -hmm. as well as they should. So if Colorado gives them the best deal, right. Gives them a couple uh, early picks, maybe a young prospect or two mm -hmm. devils are going to take it. The devils are just not just going to give these guys away. And that's what fans need to understand. It's like, Oh, um, we should go get uh, Kyle Palmieri. We, we, we'll definitely trade for him. What do you have to offer the Devils that's going to make them want to make that move? We always have to remember that. 
you know, the devils kind of hold the cards here in this situation. They pretty much are like, hey, you have to give us the best offer you can give us. And we will make the decision after that. And uh, unless it's one of the teams that's in the no trade clause uh, route, if it's one of the teams that's in the no trade clause, then you have to work around it a little bit. But I think that I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. And no, I do think that the Avalanche um, could make the could make all three of those moves and make the money work. I really do, and I think that they should, because I think that they're a team that needs to make sure that they have no flaws and that they are balanced all over the lineup and they are ready to go. That's the way I look at it. And I would say backup goaltender is probably the most important thing that they have to get fixed because they can't because they got to get Phil Grubauer a chance to have some rest to be ready for the playoffs. Adding some good goal scoring in the top six for Kyle Palmieri and adding a good solid two-way uh, centerman in uh, Adam Henrique on the bottom six, you're adding really good depth to your entire lineup. And I think that would be a really good move. So I think Joe Sackick should certainly be on the on the phone with some teams, maybe not New Jersey, maybe not Anaheim, but certainly on the phone with some teams to try to help get this team better. Well, look, I'll say this. If they pull off getting all three of those guys, whew, watch out. I think they have a legitimate shot. Look, not that they didn't already have a legitimate shot already, but they could possibly pick. win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, they're Who my, the they're my pick to, to go to the yep. finals. They're, they're, one of, they're one of three teams that I think have a chance. They are one of them. The Islanders are another one. And heck, maybe Washington again, they can pull some strings. But hey, we'll see. We'll see. But look, it'll be it'll be great if they can pull off all three, getting all three of those guys to Colorado. But hey, we'll see. But that's a nice tweet from Steven right there. Thank you very much for that. But we'll see what happens in the upcoming deadline. Again, the trade deadline for the NHL is April 12th, this upcoming Monday. Again, a day before my birthday, just saying. But on that note, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the bottom line podcast. If you have any thoughts on anything we discussed and let us know what you think your team should do, depending on what fan of a team you are at the trade deadline, tell us on Twitter, Instagram at bottom line, WMCX and on Twitter at the NVP show, hashtag bottom line, leave a voice message on the anchor at board anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you're seeing on YouTube, please drop a like and a comment down below it helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell. So you don't miss an episode of subscribe on all audio or any platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast neil this was a fun week looking forward to seeing what happens at the trade deadline and looking forward to doing it all again next week my man yeah it should be it should be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of days what teams make moves what teams don't what guys get moved and yeah i mean it it's always uh it's always an interesting time for the trade deadline and like you said i'm also looking forward to next week uh, when all this stuff is all said and done yeah absolutely i'm just happy that look it, it really is amazing <laughs> how much of a difference a year makes this time a year ago, we had no sports. And now this time around, we are just jam packed with sports and a whole lot of stuff to talk about. It really, it really does feel like there was a sense of normalcy coming back. And I got to tell you, Neil, I'm really, really thrilled about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great to see things starting to get um, back a little bit to where they were. Obviously we're never go We're never going to go back to, to where we were before the pandemic started, but it's good to see guys, uh, good to see people in general, you know, getting vaccinated and, and cases, you know, they're rising right now, but hopefully they start to go down um, again in the near future. And, uh, you know, things are starting to take a turn for the better, which is always a good thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. And we're looking forward to the trend keep on 
going up from here. For Nouveau Piano, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast. See you in the next episode. Peace out.